Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Hello, everyone. Just uh, checking in and seeing how things are going with everybody. Well, it was been a, a bit of a week for us. Uh, we've been able to recover. Uh, it's amazing what a clean install will do on Windows onto your machine. So uh, that was what I was doing this week after my computer decided to not be happy. So after a clean install, things seem to be working. Knock on wood. We'll see how far we get with this. How you guys doing? Did you migrate to Windows 11 I yet? Or? I did not. I was very hesitant. I, I've been very hesitant. Uh, so I, I would have done it had my machine accepted the ability to take Windows 11. I mean, I, I had to turn on like this special thing on my computer. Or I had to have the TPM 2.0 version on, on our, our machines. So I have it. It just, when I checked and after I rebuilt my whole machine, basically clean installed a Windows 10, it said, hey, we got to go check to see if you can handle Windows 11. And previously I had the, the checkbox mm -hmm. to say, yeah, you could do it. So I, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of waiting for that to come back again. Uh, now that everything's up and running, I don't feel like I want to mess with it again for a, yeah. a little while. I might give it a couple months here to, to kind of keep going this way without, I mean, without crashes. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's been quite the technology week for those in the Midwest. The North Central uh, Power BI server, if your tenants in that region, was down. There were three errors on it, or three incidents in the Power BI, uh, BI support, basically saying you can't publish, mm -hmm. gateway's probably going to be off, and you can't do any writing either. So no, no editing, no reading, no API connection at all. So that was also cool yesterday tool. So super fun. Man, it's a good thing I just moved my stuff a couple months ago off of that <laughs> capacity it's, otherwise i would have had some unhappy people i can't i don't quite exactly know where and why when you start your power bi for the first time like the very first time you log into app.powerbi.com somehow it knows where to make your tenant initially i thought it was based on where your machine was logging in from but i don't think that's necessarily true because i just tried it with a client the other day and now I have to submit a help desk ticket. I just I just turned on their Power BI. So now I've got to move their Power BI to the environment or the region where they actually have all their other data systems. I got I don't know where I don't know how it knows. It must yeah. be like where you first log in or where your initial Azure tenant is created or I think that's something. That's what it is. Something no, I weird. Thought it, I, I thought it was first login. So I thought so first too. Login. So I was sneaky. I thought, okay, if it's first login to Power BI. I'm not going to do first login in the region where the customer lives. I'm going to go make a virtual machine in the region where I want it to live. I logged in to the virtual machine. And then in the virtual machine, I went to powerb.com to say, here I am. Make me my tenant in the region that I want. And it did not do it. <laughs> so maybe I don't understand how I, it knows what tenant to use. Or maybe or someone else visited. Well, where you were actually from. I, I don't know. I don't know how it would know that if it was going yeah. through a VM to do it, but whatever. Yeah, because for me, I like I'm an e, my personal tenants in East Virginia. So, but I think that's when I initially created that tenant, logged oh. into Power BI for the first time. Not yeah, necessarily when you create your tenant. Well, that's what I did. I waited. They yeah. didn't have they have never logged into Power BI until I did it, and then I tried to you know sneakily move my machine to the region where I wanted it to be placed, and it did not work. Gotcha. So I maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe it kind of somehow captured my information. Sounds like some you were other not way. So sneaky. No, they they out sneaked me. <laughs> awesome so today's topic uh if you guys want to jump in quick uh, announcement oh yeah do an announcement yeah. we got some announcements so, today guys we're we're asking for your help and we're also gonna kind of want to give back to you guys we're doing our first contest um we know how much you guys faithful listeners so what we're doing is basically a share the podcast contest all you guys have to do is between now and the end of wednesday next week uh, just share on LinkedIn or Twitter uh, the podcast with the hashtag explicit measures. And you can use a special link that I'll send out in the chat as well. And once you, as long as you use the hashtag explicit measures and share the link, we'll basically track and we'll do a random drawing and you win some free swag. So a few caveats there, um, USA only, just some restrictions with shipping. So you can still partake if you're outside the United States, but the clothing will come at a later date. So that's just a few things we're really, we just want to get the word out more. And we think you guys are kind of our, our best proponent for that. So mm -hmm. 
Yep, we do now and Wednesday, which is at some point. And if you want to see our swag, if you want to see some of the stuff that you potentially could win, uh, we have uh, a number of Microsoft thumb drives we're going to give away. We can give away a number of those. We also have some uh, Power BI shirts, you know, uh, just regular business intelligence shirts. There's things that I wear, like, they're not my shirts. There are other shirts that have not been worn, but they're like just general Power BI swag shirts. We also have uh, things off of the swag for uh, the swag store from Power BI Tips. So if you go to swag.powerbi.tips, uh, there are items there that if you'd like one of those and you're the winner, uh, we'll send you an item directly from our store. So go take a look at some of the swag items, see if there's anything that you would like, and share and communicate around the Explicit Measures podcast, and you yeah. could win. And you can share as much as you want, but once you get in once, there's no extra votes if you the more you share. But we always encourage it. So we're going to try to do this every couple weeks. Every so often. Yeah, yeah. Every, every so often. But... Uh, yeah, just want to announce our contest. <laughs> awesome. You too can look like three goofballs on the <laughs> podcast <laughs> with tons of Power BI swag. All right. Awesome. So with that, um, another announcement we have coming up, I believe next week is the Power BI user group for the Milwaukee area user group and Chicago user groups. So we're doing kind of a joint session again. Tommy runs the Chicago Power BI user group. Seth and I co-lead the Milwaukee Power BI user group. I think I'm on the hook for talking. So I think I'm probably going to blabber more about things that I know uh, or have learned. Uh, we're going to go deep dive on incremental refresh, how to set it up, what does it do, uh, how to watch it run its procedure, uh, and what does it, you know, how does it build these incremental refreshing things for you? So we're going to do some interesting things there, hopefully, do some deep dives and some technical uh, review of what that is doing and how it's working. So stay tuned for that. There'll be more announcements. I think Tommy, you already have a meetup for it set up in. Uh... No, because I have no link. So no link. So stay tuned. In the next yep, couple yep. days, we'll have a links. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, I think that's it for announcements. Anything else come out interesting, gentlemen? For uh, anything blog related for Power BI? I don't think we had, I saw anything that was February. The February uh, release of Power BI Desktop is out. That's basically mm-hmm. it. There's a there's a blog announcement around that. So some new features. I am hearing some rumblings of the new format pane. Format pane is causing oh, people shit. some grief. Uh, it's, uh, it's a hard, hard cut over now, isn't it? it I think it. I think it's on now. Uh, well, you can disable it, but you have to do it manually. You have to go in which, and change the advanced uh, in the preview features. You have to turn it off, which I promptly did. So I was like, "I'll yeah." It's so I've been using it. It's definitely harder to find things. Things are actually being renamed. I believe the mm-hmm. like um, effects. Yeah, some of the effects things are being renamed, which is much harder to find now. It does have a search window, which I do like. You can start searching for things, but if you rename them and then have to search for the things that have been renamed, well, how do you know mm-hmm. what the old name was? Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't help me at all. So I'm searching for what I remember being there, but it's no longer there anymore. So it, it befuddles me a little bit to some point. Um, if you are using the February release of Power BI Desktop, go ahead and let us know in the chat window, what are your thoughts on the new filter pane for all the, the, the visual property settings? Let us know if you like it. Do you not like it? Uh, get, you know, Give us your impressions. We'd be curious to know what you think as well. I hear Power BI tips LinkedIn poll coming. Oh, so. yes. We should definitely do one of those. <laughs> Well, I'll have to find an obscure feature and be like, have you found the new obscure feature inside the, the new format <laughs> yeah. pane? Yes or no? <laughs> Honestly, if I had to pick between the old filter pane and the original color, I still like the dark side panes. Um, we still want dark mode. I, you know, I'm with you, Tommy. I want dark mode, man. <laughs> Everything comes in dark mode they're, nowadays. They're going there, man. They're going there. It's a, it's, it's a snippet of our lost 84 episode. Mm-hmm. But I, there was one thing I did notice that the the Windows app for the consumers of Power BI reports has a dark now mode. has a dark mode. Really? Yeah. I was like, keep it going. Keep keep, keep it going. Keep dark mode going. <laughs> yeah. Keep We're almost going there. The other places. Awesome. I mean, I think that's actually the way of Microsoft Office. I think most of Office, all the the Microsoft suite from everything else, that's kind of the direction they're going. Everything has a dark mode or, or some kind of dark mode with it. Excel, yeah. Word, Outlook, all of those guys do. So I, I would have to imagine this is going to eventually follow suit and follow the, you know, because it is PowerPoint for data. So 
PowerPoint has it. Harbury has got to get it at some point. You're right. <laughs> and again, PowerPoint also, you can uh, separate the, the window pans. Hey, let's and, not get too ambitious here, right? I, I, Easy I, there. Yeah. You know, well, there's only there's always so much time in a day, Tommy. Right. <laughs> We're still on air. Exactly. So, yeah, we made it past nine minute mark. Let's keep going. Uh, so let's jump over to just some other topical things here. So the topic for today is going to be around what kind of incentives are there for your center of excellence? I think this is a very relevant topic. I'm working with a lot of clients right now that are kind of asking, you know, they're getting started, right? They, they don't have Power BI established. We're, we're building it for them for the first time. So you kind of really want to have some kind of center of excellence in place here to start building out what your knowledge library looks like for your organization. So I think a couple things first, right? We should probably just define what is the center of excellence or COE or how do you guys define it? So maybe we should start there and then we should talk about how do we get people engaged with it? How do we incentivize people to work with it? Tom, you want to kick one off here and just kind of give your definition of what you yeah. think a center of excellence is? I'll give the official definition, but not the one that I... I, I want the Tommy actually, definition. Yeah, I don't want the official I, one. You don't want the... And then we can I read still, it somehow I still the think it, When I hear center of excellence, I still think like a confluence space or a SharePoint place where the like all the resources are, not a group of people. Sure. As defined in the um, uh, documentation, it's center of excellence is basically the network of a uh, community at an organization that's promoting Power BI, the liaison between different pain points, helping train users, and basically kind of everything in between for the adoption, evangelizing the data-driven culture, and kind of understand, like kind of matching up the skills or meeting skills that need to be had at an organization for Power BI. Okay. So I like that. I think that's a pretty solid definition. Seth, you got anything you want to add to that? Is it something different how you would define your center of excellence? I mean, those are those are features and roles that or I should say activities, outputs of the team, right? Or or individuals. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's one of those things that varies between sizes of the organization, right? Like either, I, I guess today's today's conversation is probably in the how do you how do you build it or you know join people together that are part of it versus it being you know almost a team because in many cases it can be right. The BI team could be the COE because they those are activities that they uh, typically would be doing in organizations, but also, you know, owning the centralization of, of data within the organization, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, to, to disseminate. So uh, there's some variability in there, right? So, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some terms in here that are very Microsoft-y. Microsoft describes it as discipline at the core and flexibility at the edge within inside the center of excellence. So... I think I, I think I like that. I think it's a I think it's a good right. I mean, it's kind of like act like the business, think like IT. Said a bit more, you know, Microsofty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would I would probably argue the center of excellence has to comprise at least some people to engage with it, right? I think I think the center of excellence doesn't do anyone any good to just put knowledge into a place. Kind of doesn't really add a lot yeah. of value long term for the company. Just to, I mean, you could do a SharePoint page, you can put down the documentation information, but I think really what happens is someone someone needs to own it. It needs to be at least an owner who's going to kind of mature it, maintain it, continually put information in there. Um, a number of years ago, I used to run a call center. And while running the call center, I had the ability to be able to create the knowledge repository. And so I was the maintainer of that knowledge base, right? I was able to invest my engineering knowledge into that space. And then people were able to pick it up and then use it to answer questions, right? I think that's really the same thing that the center of excellence starts to do. And it may grow larger where you actually have advisory teams and people doing experiments and figuring out what data is relevant and voting on what data needs to be governed and not governed. I mean, I think the center of excellence can do a lot more, but I think at its core, you need a, at least a single person who's going to spearhead or uh, you know take the ownership of it initially. And then when questions come to that person, right, you can, you can, you don't have to answer them directly you always answer the questions you get through the center of excellence. Here's the knowledge base. Here's the Q and a section. Uh, here's how you use that. And yeah, I think that's a good place to, to put things right. I think it's a good best practice. Well, I think the hardest thing too, when the way the um, adoption roadmap kind of outlines the center of excellence in the kind of the group of people, there's a lot of people there. 
And, you know, and they're really speaking to more focused on the Power BI creators as being part of that center of excellence or other people creating reports that are not necessarily on BI. But I think, you know, unless you're enterprise or a very large organization, a lot of us are still in that stage where there's maybe only three to, you know, five BI uh, creators and they're all, they all already work together closely as it is. Yep. Um, obviously there's where there's on each department level, uh, each department has their own BI analyst, but at the same time there, the center of excellence is really just making sure that everyone's on the same page. To me, it's almost like the, what Microsoft does with Microsoft MVPs and what they do with a few other things that I think makes more sense or where more people are at, where you don't necessarily go after the people creating reports. You go after the people who are using the reports, ask, you know, like understand the data and allow them to one, be part of, you know, training their team on like what content's out there to kind of help promote like, oh, this is a report you should use. One of them, we have our marketing, uh, you know, champion, so to speak, mm -hmm. and they know the marketing data. So, and then that goes obviously into incentives, but they also kind of that liaison between what the pain points are, what are people asking for. That idea of this whole big COE where it comes to all these different report creators, again, I don't know if that's as plausible for a lot of people, especially when you're just starting out your data culture. I, I don't think it really matters, though. I mean, I think whether you're a small organization, organization or a large organization, it does not matter. So in inside the article that I sent out on um, the chat window, talking about the uh, center of Excell excellence establishment, right? One of their sections they have in there call is called BI team roles. There's a program manager, and it talks about what their what their their job is. What does a a database lead? What they would do? What does an analytics lead look like? How does operations and infrastructure work? And then what does the support look like? So there's there's basically five roles they point out. Now, those five roles do not change. Like those are the five roles of what has to be accomplished is when you're doing a BI initiative, regardless. Whether that's one person or actual five people or teams of people that manage that, I think that really varies depending on the size of your organization, right? There comes a point in time when there's just so much work to do that you just can't be one person anymore. So I still think all this has to be done, right? There still needs to be someone to manage the work. There's got to be someone who understands the data. There's got to be someone who's doing the analytical things and then maintaining and supporting where does this stuff get deployed and how do you govern it, right? So I don't think any of that stuff changes. I think it just changes between is it that one person or is it five people? Right. So a few things that I wanted to get your guys' reactions on what the adoption roadmap has for rewarding the COE and the members in it. Because obviously the idea is like, let's say you're grabbing someone from each department that's not necessarily BI author or creator and you know you want them to be involved you want them to help train mm -hmm. obviously you know that's going to take time and effort on their part so again when we actually asked this to Melissa on Twitter when we were we had our first COE uh, episode and asked like what are some actual incentives that make sense so here are a few that are kind of outlined in the document uh, reward champions more direct access to the COE mm -hmm. having a champion of the month a private discussion area, uh, specialized deep dive and training. So, and then a few other things I is like contests. Yeah, con contests with a small gift or time off, a ranking and leadership communication. Do those make sense to you? Do you, or I guess my first reaction, is that enough? Well, I think this is way more thought out than I was thinking, actually. <laughs> I was thinking much less of that. I mean, I mean, for me, for, so again, what motivates me, right? I'm, I'm a, I think it also depends on kind of the kind of people you're working with, right? Yeah. If you're in a data culture where it's appropriate for you to hold back and, and keep everything close to the chest, I think it's going to be a bit harder to, to build out that center of excellence because um, people aren't as willing to share what they're willing, what they're going to, what they're doing. On the other hand, I feel like the center of excellence is a, is a great help to people because it starts providing deeper data access to what I want to get daily, right? So I will, I will be more than happy to work with another team if they can provide me the SQL tables or a deeper level of data that I can just use, right? If someone's yeah. going to own that and you, and if, if my participation telling you as the center of excellence, here's my pain points, here's what, 
here's what causes me issues. If you can remove some of my pain and then give me access to more and easier access to that data, I'll be very happy. I mean, that I think that right there is a very big incentive in itself. I didn't even think about all the other incentives you're talking about from a participation standpoint. Do you, do you have a list of those um, items somewhere, Tommy? I want to read those. Is yeah. that in the blog post? So I sent, yeah, let me, I'll put that out and it will be in the podcast episode description as well. So it's going to go on YouTube. So we're, we're talking incentivizing people to engage with the COE. Yeah. Or incentivizing the members to, I guess, keep, keep going. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm maybe, maybe I'm a more of the stick than the carrot at this point in time. I think a lot of the things you mentioned were, were carrot, <laughs> carrot based yeah, rewards. Were, I think I'm thinking like, I'm going to talk to their manager and their manager is going to make sure that they well, spend an hour, hour or two a week on their goals for the year. Like, so I'm thinking like this ties directly to like goals in the organization level, right? I mean, the company says data is important to us. Good reporting is important to us. So because of those two things, it should be part of, you know, once you strategically identify people that are going to participate or who are, would likely participate, right? You go to their manager and be like, Hey, we're doing this thing. It's going to be awesome. We're going we're gonna to need some help. We're, we're going to need your, your expertise. Can we get this person for a couple hours a week or a couple hours a month to help participate? Um, put it, can we have you help us put it on part of their goals, right? That's, I mean, I see this as being a really, maybe it's a selfish thing too, right? If I'm an employee in a company, I want to continue to grow. I don't want to just sit there and be stagnant. I want to keep being challenged. I feel like this is one of these areas where, yeah, of course I'd help out with that. And I, I think I'm more with you, Mike, in terms of, I think, oh, yeah, a gift card for $25 at Olive Garden is for someone who's, you know, putting a lot of time and trying to promote it or, you know, basically tr putting that effort in. For me, that wouldn't necessarily be enough if I was someone on that side of, like, it's not my department. Like, I like, if I liked BI, but obviously that's, I have other things to do. I think, yeah, it needs to be tied in with some organizational objectives too and your own performance. Not necessarily t like completely. There, I think there's that mix of rewarding but also responsibility. Um, and I think that's part of the incentives too. It's not necessarily just rewarding someone but the incentive to spend the time in it. And that's, again, couldn't be a stick too. I, I, th I, like, the, I like the incentive that you talked about was like access to higher level VPs and decision-making things. And mm -hmm. Dan, Dan Meisner is actually putting uh, a, a chat in the comment around this. He goes, you know, just being part of the decision-making body, right? If you want to impact what the future of your work life, work, you know, interface looks like, the opportunity to be part of a board that's doing reviews or things that you're going to, you know, um, you know, assess, right? You're going to assess X, Y, Z about these different BI tools in our company. You know, what is... How do, you, how do you decide which data is the most important data in your organization? Someone's got to decide that. And, but mm -hmm. not everyone probably knows all the data that's happening inside the organization. So I, I feel like that's a really good seat at the table is to be able to say, hey, look, you get a seat at the table and you're going to be talking with and making presentations around VP, you know, director level, you know, higher end levels of the company. We're looking for your feedback to help participate there. I, I think that's an incentive in, in of itself. Yeah, I think both those points are, are kind of similar from a um, getting people engaged perspective, right? Like if, if it's a goal within the company that every department have somebody that's part of the COE, yep. like that that's not really an option, right? So the incentive is, you know, you, you got told to do it. Um, however, like you could, yeah, voluntold. <laughs> but the, the, the benefit of that though would be you would have access to, the you know like centralized data right mm -hmm. or and maybe that's the thing because you you would the the growth of that team or that body right mm -hmm. would be sharing a, a lot of the business knowledge across spectrums mm -hmm. so that as the organization starts to utilize better and better data sets and sources you have these you know key members that are consistently not only helping each other, but the rest of the organization. And I think there's a real opportunity there where when you have leaders from the different business areas or these these individuals, right, and you're meeting on a somewhat regular basis, um, you can you can interject expertise or cross coverage or like um, 
show and tells kind of right or um kind of the one of the charters of a coe is disseminating and, and sharing a lot of information and teaching people right and it goes a long way when um the assumption here is that these are also your subject matter experts in the business areas it's right? true it's true so it, it's an opportunity i think from a you know growth perspective for each business area to be able to like plug into the ones that they closely tie to and ensure that you're using the same data sets. The other thing that comes to mind here is like you could put um, maybe your COE is also somewhat that governance body of being able to certify data sets in some way, right? So if if the organization is is leveraging, you know, that capability of prioritizing how clean or how elevated a report is, if if you're you know being tasked with ensuring that you, reports that you share as a business unit or a leader or whatever are um, eventually making their way to a level of certification and the only path through that is the COE, well, then you have to participate. Yeah. And I think part of like, why do you have to do the incentives in the first place? I think the, the big part is once you set something like this up and you say, hey, we have a COE, do you want to be part of it? You know, the worst thing you do is set that up and then kind of it loses steam, so to speak. Uh, we we did one of the things that I hope Microsoft translates or kind of converts is we talked about this a few weeks ago. The Power Apps has this adoptions uh, power like slides, and it talks about like kind of all those things of the community, uh, the hacker like a like a hackathon and all these different like from the agenda based things, which I loved. Because I think once you set something like this up, you got to keep people in a sense engaged. Like, oh, hey, I'm Agreed. part of the COE, but I'm not doing anything. Like, because they're they're going to look to you for direction, right? They're not going to just randomly at every single meeting they have. It's like, hey, have you found Power BI? That's not their role. Um, but I and so, but I think yeah. at every, I mean, not every department, but I definitely think there are pockets of people in your company, or there there likely are pockets of people in company who are doing analytical things in there. No matter what, I mean, they're the harder. I think the harder part. I think is um, how do you identify where those users are, and can and can you? Okay, we're gonna go back to the, the three the three items here. It's people, process, and technology, right? PPT, uh, the like the article I talked about like two weeks ago or whatever it was. But it's it's kind of one of those things, right? So you, if you can identify the people, is there a process in place that you've developed to enable those? people and or managers right to have a high enough priority and i think that some of that starts really at the executive leadership level right if you don't get buy-in at the higher end levels to say yeah this is worth our time people can't spend effort on it to to build what they need to build for the broader part of the organization right if power out if a power hour every friday is not going to fly and they're like why are you wasting your time well it, this will never go anywhere you're not you're not getting the executive level buy-in yeah i mean but th at the same time like if you do a power hour every week or twice a month right like yeah. the incentive you know for people is is probably that that told kind of thing as well right like if you're running 24 power hours in a year the expectation is that the people that are working with data and power bi should attend at least you know 70 percent of them or something you know what i'm saying yeah like that should be one of their yearly you know, goals because you as an organization are investing in the COE to some level where, you know, you're freely sharing knowledge and helping people do their jobs better. Yep. Right. So, yep. so it's, it's on company time. It, it's not really, you know, what, what if, what if the center of excellence, I mean, what if it, oh man, I don't, this is going very off the deep end here at some, to some point, but like, I'm thinking incentives, right? What incentivizes me to do things? Like I do stupid amounts of things to get this MVP jacket, <laughs> right? Right. Well, I mean, what if? I mean, does okay? I'm gonna ask it to the chat window, right? Does anyone have an organization? Is there is there anything in the organization like, hey, you get if you participate this once a quarter, you get a hundred dollar gift card to go to the company store and pick off some company swag that you want to wear, or we build we go get some you know custom branded T-shirts with your company's logo and you know data experts or like. I think there's like even some, oh. there's even like a little swag, swag. Well, yeah, I don't know, swag. man. I will tell, I will tell you, I will tell you. People will do stuff and, and for things. Yeah. But, 
but you know that um what was it this actually did happen in one of the companies i was at like you could if you if you went through this training yep and um passed their test and it wasn't like it wasn't an, a, a, just an easy thing right it, it was probably uh, a good like two month course and, and whatnot there was this sweet jacket like mm-hmm. just thin kind of I know like, jacket and and the people that wore it yep you know it's from like, that team oh, man they got they got that yeah like oh I want that you know and and yep. you put in the you put in the time for it well, for what a, some stuff like that so oh, totally but like yeah. there's two things that go along with that right there's so it it wow okay so totally random thought but like this put this does two things right if you can incentivize your team you give them some rewards like that right tangible rewards um to be able to participate in that way in addition to that now you have other people asking like where'd you get that cool jacket where'd that come from and so now you have people engaged well i i engage in that it now becomes a conversation piece that you can use to kind of bring along other individuals well you're not going to go around and be like hey i'm part of the center i'm coe like Come hang out with me. We're in no, the CEO. Like, it's, except it's, no one's it, gonna see it on Zoom. So, well, but, but at the anymore. same time, yeah. the, at the same time, like, if if the intent is to share best practices within an organization, right? Like, do do you set up some sort of, you know, tiered kind of training, you know, type of thing where or course type thing where people go through the course and then then and or at certain levels you know volunteer for for time or tasks or something mm-hmm. to share it's key, like, key things it's throughout like the organization or learn yeah learn, earn your badge kind of thing yeah uh-huh. right and i think we're and speaking then, about, and yeah, then maybe yeah. it maybe that tr- trickles upwards you know yep i mean you're, you're talking scales right yeah, I, i'm yeah. thinking of like really large organizations where it's like everybody can get the the one star right yep. like it, it, you you have to put in some time to get the two star like you're you're serious about it if you're at the three star mm-hmm. and then by the time you get to a, like the highest level on a yearly basis yeah um you know maybe those are where the big things happen and and you you get your your name in the cookie jar and at the end of the year somebody gets some mega prize or something like that i mean when right? i was like those are all yeah. ways to gamify yep. you know yeah a, i like the gamify activity and things like that yep and and then it starts over the next year I, I did a workshop uh, with when I was at Johnson I'm Controls. I'm do this. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was at Johnson Controls, I, I did this thing called the, it was like the innovation. They had an innovation center is where they had this like special room that was like, it was, it was a building they bought away from their normal place. And you'd go there to like work on innovative things. And you, you went through innovation training and they had this little certificate. Like they would, they would handpick people across the company who were like kind of movers and shakers, right? People who were kind of, loud and boisterous who were doing data things, right? And they brought them all to this workshop and it was like some they they brought people in, they developed this workshop and it was the idea was to continually foster innovation across all parts of the organization. So it was a cross company portion of the team, people from different teams, you you got together, you did workshops, you learned how to work together. It was very out of your normal workflow, but man, it was fun. I learned a ton of stuff to that and a lot of, you know, the things that I talk about, like, hey, we're going to do a dashboard session. Like, a lot of the techniques that I learned on how to do group thought sessions together came out of that innovation thing that I went through. So being able to offer, like, one, it was fun for me to do, but two, it was like a career builder for me, right? It, it, it added a skill set to me that other people in the organization didn't have and would could go through in the future. So I felt, and they did guide classes, and every year they had, like, a graduating class of a couple people who did this thing. And then it was really cool. Uh, a lot of ideas for the company actually came out. They started making a lot of business proposals that actually turned into applications, products, other things within the company that came from that innovation center. So it, it's like, yeah. So like, like Joe says, it's like a skunk works to some degree. So question when you were did that innovation, was it for power BI or was it just like, no nope. general, it was okay. like general company. Like it was, you know, company objectives, right? So how do you like, end of the day, right? You have a company, you have XYZ products, right? How do you get people together to produce the next great idea that you're going to productize or something you're going to like, where's the pain points, right? Part of this starts with, you know, a lot of this workshop was around like creating that user journey, that user story, understanding what that is. How do you create one? Um, How can you walk through your current experience? And so they had these little groups of people that would sit down and say, okay, here's how we order products. Here's how we go to sales. Here's how we 
let's let's role play this a little bit. How does this work today? And then you think about how does it work today, and then you create inventions or create ideas. It doesn't have to even be real. Could never be possible. But you're just throwing like interesting things at the wall, and sometimes some of those ideas, as crazy as they may sound, actually stick. And you start thinking, well, maybe we should build that. Okay, out of the ten ideas we have here from this innovation session, maybe three of these are worth actually spending time. Can we physically make this happen? Is this a product we could actually build and or sell? What's the cost with that? And then you do, and then you can like you can basically spin that off into another team that can then start really researching and figuring out does that product or idea seem viable for your company? It was a great, great experience. I super, super loved it. A lot of great people there. Um, uh, I don't. I'm guessing. I don't know if anyone else has done this from their. I'm guessing there's companies that do this to some degree that you could hire them and come in and they can do these sessions for your company. But um, Johnson Controls had made their own own group around all of this. And I think we're speaking about we needed to find the audiences here. And I think there's two kind of personas that are part of the COE. We've talked about like if you attend a training or if you go to the power hours to get a t-shirt. And I think that's maybe for like the general audience to, you know, be I guess attendees in part of the COE because in a sense, like, you know, the random uh product teams manager, right? But I think that there's that other side too of I think what we call champions, like I think you have the COE and then you have these champions who are going to are the voice of that team's data. And also, you know, like they work in their department, like I'm a campaign manager, but I just happen to love power BI. Right. And I think again, to Microsoft's point, like one thing that we've actually tried is we've done uh, private preview programs mm-hmm. where we're going to release a new feature uh, like, feature kind of thing or like a new report design or just something that we were working on and we basically you know requested to uh the company like do you want to be part of this sign up to be a part of the you know power bi apps private preview program to get their feedback and people love to be kind of like you know there i think the people who are interested in power bi that don't necessarily work in it are the same people who like to try new things out I think there's that curiosity thing too. Mm, so I don't I don't know. I think it depends. I think there are some people who are not happy to learn and just kind of want to do their thing. I think there are other individuals that sure. are more interested to experience things they haven't done before. I mean, I'm probably a weirdo in that respect, right? I love challenges. I love things that are hard. I like thinking on things that are just I've never done before. So that intrigues my mind. I go that direction. I know there's a lot of people who don't in, enjoy those extra hard things. They want to know what they got to do get it done and then let sure. me rinse wash and repeat that over and over again. So I don't think every personality is is great inside this center of excellence. And I and I hear some things in the chat right now. Some people are making the distinction between a COP and a COE and this is Dan I think uh vocalizing his 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 difference there. The COP would be community of practice and the COE is the community uh, center of excellence. And I'd be curious your thoughts on on you guys as well like do you see a distinction? Do you see a distinction between the COP and COE? And would you have both of them? Or would you only have a center of excellence or only have a center of practice, a community of practice? And what Dan, I think, is saying in the chat here is he's kind of alluding to, like, right, the center of practice is the community that your your company runs, right? The community of people who do Power BI, right? There's a community around that. And then the center of excellence is more of like a governing body that the center of excellence is the team that builds and or develops the standards, the processes, the yeah. things that happen to, to develop good BI practices in your company. What do you think? I think that I, I still consider like in a sense, this, the, the center of excellence as you know, like that main, like it's, it's really like almost like a site. It's a repository community of practice is that's really data governance. And I think kind of falls into that. I think you need to have something named governance. I, I, I don't think Microsoft talks to the center community of practice. I think if you read the documentation, much, that Microsoft, right? yeah, I think if you read I, the documentation it, from Microsoft, they're pointing, I think they're thinking the same one of the thing <laughs> it's a COE and COP. It's the same kind of object. 
But at the same time, like to me, that's also kind of what you were saying with this, you know, while it's COE specific, hard at the center and flexible at the core, yep. right? It, yep. It's just an extension of that. You're hardened more at the COE and the COP kind of is the flex flex part within mm -hmm. the organization. Mm -hmm. It also is, could, I mean, it's an extension of a good COE, right? You're, you're getting people who are part of that, but at the same time, the more people that are um, engaged as, as, you know, uh, and understand more of what what you are trying to do within the organization. Those could be COP members, right? And and sharing, disseminating. It's also, I think, a feeder for the COE, right? Like I think Dan also asked, like, hey, who should be on the COE? Is it the old gray? You know, is it one of us? Like, <laughs> or yep. is it the younger guy? Yep. Um, or or person, right? Like the the point is, is like, it's the expertise in Power BI, I think, or whatever you know, technical tool or understanding, I think that would require a, an individual that may not have the years of experience to actually become a COE member because you might want mm. that fresh perspective of how to engage with the organization better. But at the same time, like uh, in general, I would probably say most of your COE members are going to have some years on them because mm. it's the experience and of, of um, like kind of like we talk about, we have different experiences, but there's many years of implementation experience where you're trying different things to spread and, uh, you know, get larger groups of people to organize around and use data in the most effective and efficient ways. And that's not always easy, obviously, because we, we so talk it... about stuff all the time and we come up with things. <laughs> if right? It's easy for everyone to be so, doing it. I think that's how I would answer it in kind of two different ways. One is maybe solve some of your like COE who's on the COE and, you know, graduate through the layers of, you know, well, if you're, if you're coming out of nowhere, you know, join the community of practice, like be part of this body, help share hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, um, and as leaders start to show within that group, um, maybe they are candidates to, you know, increase or join the COE, you know, when, when the time comes. So I'm going to, really I want to correct myself here. Dan, Dan says there is a center of practice and a center of excellence called out in the adoption roadmap. And I was wrong. I could not find it as I was Googling it real quick, trying to zoom around the website. So I am wrong. Dan was right. Uh, there is two pages, one for each of them, and they do have different definitions. Too bad, too bad there wasn't a dinner bet on that. Yeah. Good thing. You guys would have won another steak <laughs> out of me. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm still just bugging. like a COE just sounds like it's, Hey, visit our COE. It doesn't sound like people. I do like that distinction. That's my own issue that I'm, I'll deal with on the side, but I do like that idea though, of like the community of practice for the people who are building or uh, for the people who are involved in the data, uh, you know, like in the data flow, whether you're the data engineer, your report author, you're an analyst, kind of like, you know, analyzing the data that community of practices is a standards and process. I like the center of excellence for a plate. It's a, something you visit, but I think when it comes to the people making decisions, I think that's still more like the data governance committee and the whole structure basically not dictates, but what comes from there flows into the community of practice where what pain points do we have? Like, yep. Hey, we need better content organization. We need a better naming convention. Yep. So let's build that into our community of practice. Well, community, community of practice, practice volunteers, right? Community center of excellence would be like yeah. paid people to be in part of that yeah. group potentially. And that's like, right. Maybe this is the difference between of, you know, COE is your goals for the year, right? That's part of your goals. Be part of the COE. Maybe a community practice isn't, necessarily tied to your goals for the year i don't know well again words have meaning a community of practice so practice is what you're normally doing this is where basically you're finding out in a sense your standardizations what themes you use uh you know like what data sets do we need to connect to the kind of the workflow of ingesting and analyzing data in your organization again a center of excellence is again, more of your repository of news for the company. That's to me, what makes more sense because you want everyone in a sense to be part of the center of excellence or to visit it. Um, because it's all your, it's your knowledge sharing. It's where everything's hosted for, but, that, but that's an output of the COE. That's people consuming an output of what you would, uh, you're saying a good COE yeah. would be doing. That's not the COE, right? Like if we're talking about funded individuals, there are a group of people 
who are trying to create knowledge centers. And if you said SharePoint is one of yours, fool. It's <laughs> like, Confluence. Like but... what, I'm, what I'm saying, though, yep. is like that's a byproduct of what that team is trying to accomplish to bring everybody onto the same page. Agreed. It is not the five people that are the COE where they're deeply tied into trying to disseminate and, mm -hmm. and break down these barriers within an organization. The community of practice is not funded. Right. Correct. It's it should be hopefully a byproduct of the COE. It mentors have domain experts that are I think so actually like building things and maybe the COTE is helping facilitate, you know, trainings or yep. giving them material to, you know, do power hours with or whatever the case may be. But like those are people who love are passionate about what they're doing enough to engage. I, I would think in something and say, Hey, you're a community of practice member, right? And, and maybe this is like that swag thing, right? Yep. Like you want to do this, you have to, you, you have to go through these trainings. You have to understand what you're doing in order to be part of, you know, this Another level tier, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And then as you progress, maybe that's where more of the incentivization is, is in getting people to volunteer more of their time around becoming domain experts. And then as you engage or put more things out, um, the deeper the engagement, the, the better the swag or something. So humor me for a second. I'm a general consumer of, of reports at my company. I want to learn about where the power hours are. And I also want to learn basically like understand how to use Power BI. Where do I go? What, where am COE. I going? CO COE should be generating content. Okay. To tell you like key things. Okay. Now, I don't know how to write a DAX formula. I can't figure it out, right? Maybe but that's I where I go. To. But maybe I go to the community of practice and ask that question there. And someone else in my cubicle or my area says, hey, I've already written something like that here. Let me teach you that, right? That's, that's, you're fostering the community of other people training other people in the company, right? You, you can't have this whole, we're going to teach everything from one central body anymore because it, it's, it's too expensive to do that, right? You want, you want people to self train, right? I imagine myself in this picture, right? I'm, I'm looking at myself in the lens of like a company, right? Man, I love Mike Carlo because he works all day on data and doing things at the company level. And then he goes home and he builds himself a website and he goes home and like on evenings and in extra hours and like on weekends, he still plays with Power BI, right? To, from a company perspective, wow, that guy's really valuable now because they're spending time. Like I don't have to pay him for him to learn these other skills that are making our company better. Like that's the kind of people I want to be around. So I think you know, the, I think the community of practice, right, is informed by the center of excellence, but the center, the center of excellence is doing the governance pieces. So I just sent an article in the chat and it's from our, uh, one of our best people, Chuck Sterling. And this was in 2016. And he talks about like, how does Microsoft actually drive adoption? And he basically, if you actually go through this, it's basically a COE. And because it's all the support resources and promotion materials, you say basically like what they do that for in within Microsoft again at the time in 2016, that they were promoting Power BI is subject matter experts, yep. which is kind of now like when we're talking about our that data champion of the internal website, and they kind of always designated with like BI at Microsoft. So if your company was like Rockwell, like BI at Rockwell. Uh, service support, a community, you know, and, and like the program management, that to me sounds exactly like a COE. You're right. I mean, yeah. like any, anything like that, a center of excellence is, you know, if you look at the Microsoft article around what they're talking about for center of responsibilities, their responsibility is mentoring the internal power community, the community of practice. Their responsibility is producing, curating, promoting training materials, right? Giving people the right, this is how we do business with power BI, creating documentation and resources, for standards, applying mm -hmm. and communicating around governance guidelines, right? What is the company policy around published web? When do we use it? Who can get access to it? Like those are the kind of things. These are these are things that are core to like you have to communicate these things to the broader part of the community. Handling and assisting assisting with oversight and administration, right? Something goes down, you need gateways, right? You're probably going to the center of excellence and saying we need these gateways, and the center of excellence is saying. Well, we don't do gateways. You have to move to the cloud, right? Or, you know, whatever whatever that thing is, right? They're, they're the ones kind of setting the standards for the company at that point, right? They're they're kind of in charge of making sure this thing lives on. 
I'm What's gonna, interesting I'll, is is yeah. there's there's a there's a part of an article around funding with the COE that almost Ooh, makes it seem yep. like this. Um, I'm 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 lost with the analogy, but kind of kind of like the the main gear that goes around all the other gears, right? Sun gear. If if they are if the COE represents you know the organizational best practices, Hub there's spoke? there's there yeah there's still departmental like Pieces. tons of a departmental activity going on yep. right and either i i guess you try to like well you couldn't this this small group of people almost seems to like you know be rolling around each one of these departments to clean clean up the mess or bring them in line with or the organization and then move on to the next one all while compiling i guess some overarching um you know standards and practices that they want you want everybody to follow but at the same time you know if it's a singular group that's just kind of going around that would that's also how it's funded to some degree yes right? yeah is if q1 we're in marketing and then we roll off into q2 and now we're in sales and then you roll off and you're in q like you're working with your cop or the people that are in there you know developing you're probably reanalyzing how they're doing things pulling in different data sources, fixing something, you know, like helping them correct their their space to the point where you have an entire organization that, you know, is all up on on the the up and up, I guess you would say, with plugging into the right stuff. I don't know. It's, I an, it's an interesting thought as far as like standing one up and then how does that expand or grow? I mean, I definitely think it's needed. Uh, again, I think the trickiest part here is how do you fund it, Right. Does does, right. does each of the businesses that need to have access to data do they pitch in a little bit for like a, a headcount? How does how does that work? I mean, yeah, I think that's I think that's tricky. And a lot of what you know, I think what you see traditionally, right, is everything's great from an idealistic standpoint. But when it comes down to like the money, where do you charge the where do you charge the headcount to? Who's paying for that headcount, right? Where does that come from? I think it gets a lot more picky because we're like, oh, well, I don't want to pay for that, but I want all the data. So, you know, I want all, I want all the toppings, but I don't want to pay for them right. kind of thing. So, like, I think it gets a, a bit tricky there to figure out how to how to handle those things. Interesting. I, yeah. So I, I think for me, when we're regardless from the incentives or the rewards, the focus is on the audience. Right. So if it's the general consumer. Agreed. You know, and those like you need the incentives for someone who's not necessarily interested in or like that engaged, maybe they're overwhelmed with Power BI, they use it when they need to, but there's incentives for them to be, you know, start using like join our power hour, you know, and uh, for the con for the contest to get free swag. The next level is that in a sense that champion or that person who is interested and competent using Power BI as a consumer. So getting them more involved to help promote it. Uh, getting their feedback and then, you know, providing features for them. And then that the, the I don't want to say the last level, but the, the most advanced level is the people who are going to make an impact, whether it's the Power BI report authors, people making decisions on the data. Hmm. They also need their, and this is executive leadership, but they also need their own incentives too. And not just once a year, but like kind of on an ongoing basis based on what the objectives are. And I think once... The first thing, regardless of any of the incentives that we've talked about, you have to define the objectives for each of those tiers. Like, what are you trying to achieve in the next three months and a year for each of those tiers, for the consumers, for your champions, and for your, as Dan says, the different, the very distinct community of practice and center of excellence. Well, well I mean, you... you'd send out a survey at the end of the year, wouldn't you, Tommy? Right. Or yeah, every, every would, quarter actually. you send out a survey so, or, you, you know, know, but so, so I, I want to address the point though, right? Like, do you, like, obviously I think you have somewhat of larger nebulous goals, right? Because mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to like nail a metric with, unless you're like, I, I don't know how you would off the top of my head, but I, I think we danced around a, a perfect example of COE, COP, and mm -hmm. technical users and implementers. It's the same model that the MVP program has. Yep. COE is the Microsoft folks who engage with us. We are the mm -hmm. COP. We just love the love the tool, love the people, I love the it, community. We give us swag share, and we do it. <laughs> share it out and and like how many different ways like are there incentives 
to yep. to become an MVP, right? Or yep. have the title, right? Like, is is it? It's almost enough, right? But the value is in the membership of the COP. Like, it's in the engagement of people, like-minded people, right. that is the value. And maybe that's what you start to foster in organizations: is the COP gets to 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 go to meetings not the not the technical users or the cop is the are the ones that get to present you know like because those are the passionate group of people that you're trying to um have become leaders within your organization of sharing good practices right and if it's the cop power hour with the coe and then that juxtaposes with the larger audience or something i don't know there's a million day different ways you can split the the hair but the the principle is the same in in creating communities of people that engage with each other to make business better because they love the tool they love you know data they love what it can do for an organization and the more you have of that the more valuable your business becomes across the board because you have you've empowered and impassioned people within your organization I like this. I think what you described, yeah. Seth, is very closely tied to one of the images on the community practice page where they actually have the center of excellence called out. Center of excellence integrates with a couple champions of content creators, the C, like the, the COP, right? So there's a couple, there's going to be a couple of people that bubble to the top of like, these are the leaders of the community of practice, right? So you integrate with them kind of very closely, right? Those champions can go out there. There may be like one person from each organization, right? It's your hub and spoke model, right? The hub is the center of excellence. The spokes become your champions in the community of practice. Those champions then teach and help and aid other subject matter experts and content creators across the organization, right? So they're kind of more of that. They get that direct access to the center of excellence. And then the center of excellence has this feeder to like the the content consumers, like all the, like what Tommy does, right? Tommy makes a report. He does a video on it, right? Tommy is the center of excellence. Tommy's creating... This is the report. This is how it works. This is how you use it, right? That's the documentation that goes along with that. That's then publicly available to the rest of the organization and everyone else can go consume that. This I'm changing my tune here a lot. I, I was thinking I was thinking not about the COP at this point. I was actually thinking more about the center of excellence being kind of more of this loosey goosey like area where people participate and you incentivize them to participate to be part of the center of excellence. But I think what you guys are describing to me and what makes sense now is that's a bit more of a formalized team and it's the community of practice where you can start getting more of the volunteer space. And I think Seth, you made a really good point. I think that's what I've actually tried to replicate too with Microsoft's MVP program has obviously worked for quite a while. And just like you said, Mike, you know, you, we put so much work in to get renewed every year for, there's a reason. You know, there's, there's the features The you know, I think they do a great job of the preview programs to, I think what the, there's definitely a credibility or, you know, it means something to be honored with the MVP reward. And they've done a great job of, in a sense, creating something out of nothing. Because mm -hmm. when you actually think what an MVP is, it's, you know, it's, you didn't go to school for it, but it, it feels like one of the, Yeah. To me, Microsoft's done a great job of that idea of how do we get people to promote our material material for us? Here's some features incentives. Now we can promote. Now these people we can promote themselves. But it, it, I mean, there are people out there. So um, let me bring your analogy a little bit further, Tommy. I, I like where you're going with that. The MVP program is is around people who are very active in the community, but they weren't just. I mean, some people were probably active in the community to get to become an MVP and they become mm -hmm. an MVP for a year and they did it. They check the box and they move on. Right. But there are other sure. MVPs that have been MVPs for multiple years. They love speaking. They love what they're doing. They like the tools. They're very passionate about like, that's what kind of is a, a thread inside their career. Right. And I think there's, I think to that point though, like I think of an MVP is these are individuals that would probably do this content regardless with or without the MVP program, the MVP sure. program basically just gives them a title and aligns them a bit more with what Microsoft is doing. But I mean, shoot, if I wasn't an MVP, I'd still be talking about Power BI. I'm pretty sure I'd still be blogging about it. I'd be making videos on how to do things in it. 
I don't think that changes what I would do. So I think, I think to that point though, is to add into your thought there is, I don't think, I think you're just finding people who are already doing what you want to do and you're reinforcing the behavior potentially, and maybe steering it a little bit, but you're, you're reinforcing it to a degree to help them be more successful, right? You want to amplify those voices who are going in the right direction right. of where you're going. Thoughts? Or I just end it. I think I think we misnamed the the podcast, and it should have been incentives for the COP. I think you're right, and that's what I was going with earlier. I think I think it should have been incentives for the COP. I mean, I would I would love you know shoot, have ask me to participate in a COP and and give me a pizza. (laughs) You know, I I I would love a free lunch, right? You know, show up to a free lunch here, and you'll get people to show up. Hey, we're gonna do a. But in the same way, like think about that. Like you could. You could technically have the the same sort of um, <laughs> like nebulous yearly activities, you know, if you want to if you want to remain a, a COP member. Yep. Right. Like oh, you could, yep. You could do that within or you, know, you could be or within your COP you have the the champions, correct? You know, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe and maybe you groom the champions from the COP community, and they become you know maybe key members of what the center of excellence becomes when your your organization gets large enough, right? Maybe that informs some of that. I I think I, I don't know. Maybe I I think there's like rough terms here, but I think some of this depends could be could be very fluid depending on where you're at in your organization. All right. Yeah, you, right. And and how large it is, right? Like Agreed. this gets fun. This gets fun. I think in larger organizations. Right, where you you could you'd you'd have a much larger pool to choose from, um, you know, create creating not not love like yeah you're leveling up to some degree yeah and then you know there's there is there's a couple things related to um, people people enjoy distinction being mm-hmm. distinct in some ways you know so if you only have you know yep. a champion that comes out of you know a group or you have you know ten different you know particular business units or areas. Then, then, and that means there's ten champions, and that's it per year. Like that's Ooh. an exclusivity club, Ooh. right? That there, there's, there's something to that. That you get the special jacket. That doesn't mean you don't have larger, you know, community of practice members. But yep. Yep. are are you one of the ones that is consistently the loudest voice or teaching, you know, and doing additional meetings or whatever the case may be. Yeah, right? I, I think like there's that. a lot of fun that could be done there because that's directly drawing on some of the same principles that we're very familiar with. Yep. You know, there's many ways to skin the cat as far as, you know, um, how do you, uh, you know, what things do you have to do to attain an MVP? Mm-hmm. Well, like there is no, there is no like one, two, three, four, five step thing. Nope. <laughs> Intentionally. Yep. Right. It's, it's you're you're a subject matter expert you deliver and make the biggest community and share your knowledge with other people yep and if if that garners enough interest from people and you're making an impact yep. then like there there's a chance or a probability that you you will get rewarded right <laughs> exactly like, right that's about as hard as you get you know yeah. so you don't have to have like the the same sort of you know, well, you know, you have to do these 10 things and that's how you become a champion. No, it's just, it's this nebulous thing and it gets awarded to 10 people who are the highest COP members. It, it does be, it would be good to do that if you're going to do something like that and have at least somewhat of a clear bar that you need to hop over. I think I, I, I get it. You can be much, much clearer. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, but, but I mean, I, to your point though, like too, it could be, yeah, I, I, I think that's a very good point there as well. And it doesn't, you don't want it to be like the old friends club either right you want to keep having fresh yeah, ideas you want exactly, you want to kind of exactly you know yep. make it so you can only do it for a year or two years at a time like you know when you're yep. done your year you're done like we go find 10 new people right we, we give other people opportunities to kind of keep it alive that's interesting well i think you've, you've burned it i mean if you guys want to wrap up some final thoughts here you know what what would be you know whether you're incentivizing a center of excellence or community of practice it sounds like we've kind of refined our ideas slightly here um what would be like one of your tommy give us one of your takeaways what would be your incentive that would work for you i i think regardless of what avenue you go the first step that you need to have is what is your objective for that particular audience or Mm -hmm. effort that you're doing and then that's where the incentives are going to flow so understanding who that person is and what's going to incentivize them whether it's a little carrot a little stick Yep. Um, but understand like, how do you align that 
reward with what you're trying to get them to do. So what what's your incentive, Tommy? Like if you if you're if yeah. someone's if someone's getting Tommy to participate in the COP or COE, what is Tommy's reward? Like what what motivates you to participate? So for me, it's under it would be having uh, feedback, being able to basically provide feedback or have a say in the direction of mm-hmm. how the report should look. Okay. So being yeah, so basically having the voice heard and influencing that. Seth, what, that's a good one. That's a good one. So you you'd basically yeah. say that the the champions access. get exclusive access to yes. the COE. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and also can help direct how things are going to look, like a format pane or something. That's that's oh. that's a very Seth. Seth, what would be yours? What what would be your what would incentivize Seth to participate and and play in this arena? I, I'm with Tom. Like I, <laughs> same thing. I, I think the exclusivity thing comes a long way. Yep. Um, money, money's a cheap answer. I, I don't think that actually. Like if you, if you can f- inherently find people's passion around data and and kind of cultivate it yep. within an organization, man, that's one of the most powerful things. Mm-hmm. And and we've even seen that in our lives. Like you, you say you, even a technical tool in Power BI. Yep. Like if 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 a normal consumer embraces that technology and learns it and grows within it, like we, we are living examples of how, how far you yeah. can take that. Um, it's still a game changer in an org. It's still, it's still an, mm-hmm. an amazing tool that lets you become a much more effective problem solver. Um, so like I, fostering growth within here is, is sort of the funding, right? I'm going to be very shallow here. I'm going to say, if you give me a free meal, you have you dollar dollar bills, dollar dollar bills. Give me a free meal, right? Have have pizza hosted in a room once a once a month or something like that. Hey, come participate, you know. Get your free meal. I'll show up. I'll do things. I'll try and I'll try and help out. Like yeah, you know that for me that's a that's a motivator, and you know I I'd show up and help and participate. And it's always like you know at companies, you know when I went when I. When I actually went into companies and don't just work at my house anymore. I mean, you actually had to go somewhere. You had to leave to go find lunch somewhere or bring your own lunch or whatever. It's just kind of a fun community happens. I feel like around food, and this is maybe just my Italian part of me. Like you know, it just <laughs> you put food around, people will talk and share, and like that it would kind of be fun. So, uh, yeah. But I think I think all these are byproducts of a COE doing a good job. I agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. When, when you when you start to foster a. a community or practice or a CEO, like when you start trying to implement things in, in organization, the more, the more fun you make them, yep. the more, the more interesting they are to people, the more all of a sudden those communities start growing like on it. their own. Yeah, definitely like it. Awesome. Well, with that, we've wasted another good hour, uh, a full hour this time. We got through the whole thing right? without having any technical yeah. issues. So we're very happy about that. Thank you all for participating and listening. Our only ask, uh, if you listen to the podcast is please just share it with somebody else communicated on social networks if you have someone at work that may be enjoying power bi if you're running a cop or coe uh, in your organization and you this might be a good opportunity share the link inside your uh, your knowledge base like you know put the link inside your your documentation hey this is a great podcast has some insightful things they don't steer you wrong too often uh throw something out there and if you want to listen to the podcast tommy where can you find us man i have so many notes from today if you are watching live do uh, listen, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. On Spotify, you can actually now leave a rating on podcast. So please Ooh. do so. It really helps us out a lot. If you're listening, join the conversation live every Tuesday and Thursday on YouTube and LinkedIn on Power BI Tips. And again, contest goes till Wednesday at uh, midnight central time. So- awesome. So go ahead and share those links. Uh, use the link that Tommy gives you. Tommy, can you drop the link really quickly into the chat window before people leave here, just to make sure we've got it for people who are still yep. hanging around the chat? Share this link with the hashtag explicit measures and we will pick a winner and start giving out some swag. Thank you, you have to use the uh, hashtag or we're not going to find it. We so. can't find it unless you use the hashtag. So make sure you hashtag the link. So Put the, link yep. there's the link. Make sure you hashtag it explicit measures on LinkedIn and which, which platforms are you talking about, Tommy? Twitter and LinkedIn. Twitter and LinkedIn. I don't really have Facebook. We don't have anything else. <laughs> Tommy, doesn't, Tommy doesn't Facebook. Anyways, thank you all very much. I appreciate your time, guys. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll talk to you soon.